many aspire to reach the upper echelon of the healthcare industry, but few are able to successfully navigate the corporate ladder. In this fortnightly series, C-Suite Partners sits down with international healthcare executives, asking the tough questions and unpacking the personalities of the top industry leaders. Welcome to the boardroom. Nick, thank you for joining C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. Thank you. Are you going to talk me a little bit about your career journey to where you are today? Okay, uh, so I guess uh, you'll gather from my accent, I'm from Yorkshire. Yes. Uh, went to Leeds University, studied economics at Leeds and got onto the NHS Financial Management Training Scheme, which mm -hmm. was absolutely the best grounding you could possibly get in healthcare. Okay. Three years actually spending time with cleaners, porters, Really? Financial okay. accountants, you name it, you got to experience everything about healthcare over a three-year period whilst you were getting your accountancy qualifications. Uh, got a great grounding and then I basically worked my way up the, I guess, the career rungs in finance mm -hmm. within the NHS up to Director of Finance and then probably made the jump over here about 10 years ago into Queensland. Okay. And I'm currently the Deputy Director General for Healthcare Purchasing and System Performance in Queensland, which is probably... I guess one of the best jobs you can have. And what's the uh, budget you look after? Uh, about 15, 16 billion. So Brilliant. I have the uh, pleasure of contracting services from all the hospitals across Queensland, wow. all the private hospitals, and a lot of the NGO sector as well. So really great role in a role that you can influence uh, healthcare. Was there a mentor that shaped the way that you look at business? Probably career-wise, I would say probably the one who shaped me the most was one of my first bosses. Okay. which was, I'm probably going back to the late 90s, which was at Bradford Teaching Hospitals. And we had a superb chief nurse there who, straight out of the training scheme, first permanent job. Mm -hmm. And I worked for her for three to five years and she taught me so much about healthcare and how to interact in the health environment. Lots of things about um, the care that patients receive. Mm. So what I guess she taught me was never lose sight of just good quality patient care by yes. a nurse or a doctor at the bedside and that's something very rarely we, we measure at this moment in time but that's certainly one of the lessons that she taught me. So I think she really influenced my uh, skill set, mm -hmm. my desire to go out and meet people because I think she was really keen to get visible around the organisation and actually make those contacts, and that's something I love doing. Okay. So I've certainly made a point within Queensland of going around all the HHSs, and I probably spend a large proportion of my time out with the HHSs than I do sat in an office in Brisbane. Okay. Which I think is dead right. You've yes. got to get out there and understand the business, and that's what I really try and focus on. Did you have a moment where you had career crossroads, where you thought, I'm going to st stick with health or I'm going to go into professional services, banking? Um, so I've never had any moments where I wanted to go into banking. Okay. Um, I guess um, I've always been passionate about healthcare. Yes. So I don't think I've ever thought about not working in the healthcare sector. That's always been the thing that I've enjoyed doing. I guess Crossroads was probably 10 years ago mm -hmm. uh, in terms of do I stay in the UK? or do I move over to Australia? That's probably the biggest crossroads in my career as to whether we, we stayed in the UK or whether we actually moved over here as a family. And work-life balance, you're talking about family, do you, do you see that work-life balance getting harder and harder? Or, um, or easier with experience now? So I've been terrible at it. 
okay. for 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love my job, which is a benefit and a problem. Yes. So I uh, always, and I'm probably not unique, uh, where executives are concerned, I'll always put work first, which I'm not sure is the right call, but that's what I've done for probably the last 20 years. Um, I've only probably started to get more on top of it in the last probably 18 months. Okay. Which is a strange thing to say after 20 years, but yes. I think I've realised um, you can't get that time back and you've got to somehow get some more balance in your life, whether that's time with family, time to do some exercise, you've got to get some more balance back. So I think last 18 months I've got better. Mm -hmm. uh, we try and get a holiday once a year where you turn the phone off yes. and you want to get disturbed for emergencies. But um, other than that, I think I've still got some way to go for work-life balance, but I don't think you ever turn off. It's true. Uh, you are the role in yes. some respects and you own that role and you have a personal pride to try and deliver mm. and actually make a difference and things. So I, I view it as my responsibility, regardless of whether I'm in work or out of work, that's my role. And just staying on that subject, was there, was there an actual moment that triggered that or was that self-realisation? I guess it was the point where we got uh, two kids who were having uh, some difficulties. Uh, I was spending 90 minutes in the car commuting to work and an hour or so back okay. every night and it got to the point where I just couldn't, couldn't continue. Yes. Uh, it was taking up too much of the day, mm -hmm. uh, so we made a decision to move. Okay. So, but I think the trigger was my daughter had just finished school. We changed schools for my son. We moved really close to the city and the commute is now 12, 13 minutes. Wow. And that time that we've saved, we can actually spend as a family. So I don't do any less work, but the commute time has been converted now into family time. Makes sense. So we've talked about um, levels of care, your mentors, how, how they approached uh, clinical care. Has it, has it changed your perspective on life because you work in healthcare and you're seeing patients, you're going out to hospitals? Um, so I guess I probably, if you think about where I started as an accountant, mm. economics degree, Leeds University, you're fairly focused on numbers and things like that. I think I've changed massively over the last 20 years. My focus is now around care. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's, it's taught me a lot about inequity and inequality in life. And that's probably the thing that I've noticed I've changed most over the last probably five to six years. I'm much more conscious in everyday life of inequality and different um, access to care. And I've tried to really um, impart that on my kids. Worked at some times, not mm, worked on other okay. times, but I think really trying to get over that we're quite privileged. I think in terms of where we're at, we live in Australia, we've got all the accoutrements, you can access yeah. care fairly easily. That's not the same for everybody. I think I'm getting through to, to my daughter. Uh, so she's going over to Tanzania in three weeks with Raleigh International to do some building work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. She's into humanitarian work and trying to make a difference. So I'm winning on that one. Yeah, you are. Uh, a bit more work to do uh, yeah. with my son. Uh, yeah. But I think they, they do start to understand that more. In your career in one word? Uh, exciting. Exciting. Nick, thank you for spending time with C-Suite Partners in the Ballroom. Thank you.